the love of the game. It flows through our veins and fills our lungs. It brings us to our feet and sometimes our knees. But behind every thrilling point, there is strength and security. The card Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina members have trusted for over 80 years with the tools and plans to make health care easy. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. Live fearless. Proud supporter of fans across North Carolina. I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm your host, Donald Ware. It is, in fact, Takeaway Tuesday. Get a breakdown, some of the things that I saw from this past week's games and, of course, moving forward into the upcoming uh, games for the week. Uh, wow, I mean, we're, we're already about halfway through the season. And, um, you know, it's been a, it's been a pretty... I don't know. It's been a pretty steady, I would say, football season. I mean, you have teams like Bowie State who is just scoring points in bunches. As a matter of fact, this week um, moves up in the box to row media poll to number four this week. Um, you know, you have a team like North Carolina A&T who's undefeated and continues to roll, squeaked out a game 21-7 to in Orangeburg. It's a good win on the road for the Aggies. You got a team like Virginia State who continues to rise in the polls. They're undefeated also. So you got three undefeated teams in HBCU football. And then, you know, you have a team like Tennessee State who's struggling right now, falling to Eastern Illinois 19-16 to in double overtime. They've lost two straight games. They're 3-2 and two on the season, but more importantly, they are 0-2 in OVC play. And this is a team that was expected to challenge for the OVC crown. Jacksonville State, I mean, has been the class of the OVC for the last couple of years, but this was a Tennessee State team that had a, a, a season last year. They had a a couple of games that they could have, should have won that would have more than likely would have propelled them to an at-large berth in the FCS playoffs, and they just could not get it done. So now they're oh, they're staring at an 0-2 mark in conference play, and uh, it, it is just not good for Tennessee State. Let me start here. Uh, a couple of my takeaways from this past week's games. Uh, listen, North Carolina Central continues to do what it needs to do to win. I, I think, you know, I don't, I can't remember in recent years that we've seen a team that was an outright champion as North Carolina Central was last year. They went undefeated in conference play and maybe in the polls not getting the respect perhaps that the Eagles deserve. Now, I say perhaps because I mean, if you look at things, I mean, the, the only loss that they've had is is to Duke, a Power Five conference team out of the ACC, and they lost pretty badly in that game. But mostly, the Eagles have done what they've needed to do to win games, and I think that hasn't been what voters, coaches, and and media alike, um, maybe not as impressed with that. I think a win is a win. And if you can go in and win games like North Carolina Central has done, they squeaked by Florida A&M uh, this past week. Two weeks ago, they squeaked by South Carolina State. That was back-to-back Thursday night games on ESPNU. This last game against Florida A&M 
was a game on the road, and the Eagles just got it done. And we've seen this in the past from the Eagles. They'll start the season off kind of slow, then maybe middle of the season they'll kind of get going, and then by the end of the season um, they're they're raring to go, and then they're always excited for that Aggie-Eagle rivalry, which they've won three straight of those. So I, I, I think where the polls are right now with respect to North Carolina's or to A&T number one, Grambling number two, and North Carolina Central number three. I think that's right. Um, I, I do think that's right. Um, and and right now, you know, the Eagles, I mean, against Florida A&M, only 130 yards rushing. That is low for them. Uh, Chauncey Caldwell, 10 of 18 for uh, 79 yards in the game. Um, and then they're playing a, another young kid as well, Ramadan, 4 of 7, for 32 yards as their starting quarterback has gone down. So, that you know, the Eagles are just kind of squeaking by. I think Florida A&M is an improved football team. They, I, I like the Rattlers. Actually, as a matter of fact, I think they're very improved. And so I think for the Eagles to kind of get by in this game on the road is a good win. I mean, anytime you can win, it's a good thing. But um, the Eagles and their defense is tremendous. I mean, you know, you talk about Reggie Hunter, you talk about Antonio Brown. I mean, these guys are absolutely phenomenal players. So the Eagles kind of getting by, doing what they need to do. That's one of my takeaways, and, and they're winning. You know, that's the bottom line. They're 3-1 and one on the season. Only loss was to Duke. They're kind of getting by, but they're they're getting they're doing what they need to do to win football games. And so that's the bottom line. And, of course, we'll kind of see how things play out once we get um, into uh, conference, uh, into not conference play, but as the season kind of progresses, they're already in conference play, and so we'll kind of see how things actually progress. Another one of my takeaways, um, you know, West Virginia State, I mean, I I, I like West Virginia State. Uh, they're much better, I think, uh, this year, and they're showing that they can score a bunch of points. Um I don't know how much they're going to be able to challenge for that Mount East crown, but they're better. I mean, this was a program, if you go back about nine or ten years ago, that was pretty solid in what was the old WVIAC. And, but since then, they've really struggled, maybe winning one or two games some years. Um, but we're beginning to see them play well in part because of a quarterback by the name of Matt Kinnick. Now, you know, if you're, again, if you're outside of the CIAA or SIEC or SWAC or MEAC in Tennessee State, you're not covered as heavily, maybe, as those conferences or the teams in those respective conferences. But this kid, Matt Kinnick, was very good last year. He was very good two years ago. When you think about it, he continues to do well. 20 of 32 for 227 yards, three touchdowns, had just the one interception in the win or in West Virginia State's win over Glenville State. So, you know, that was that's one of my takeaways is that maybe, you know, if West Virginia State can get any semblance of a defense that they may be competitive. Now, I realize, you know, Glenville State only one and four in the in 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 the Mount East. And matter of fact, there's all they're all conference games. Mount East teams. I don't know how many teams there are, but they they typically they're gonna play each other for the most part. 
Um, so, you know, we'll see how things go. But that was one of my takeaways is that Matt Kennett continues to do well for West Virginia State. And um, we'll see what happens with the Yellow Jackets as the season progresses. Again, Tennessee State is really, really, really struggling right now. Um, you know, after winning their first three games, including the victory over Georgia State to open the season, an FBS program, um, it has really, really been a struggle for the Tigers. I, I, I you know, I, in, you cannot afford with as tough as the OVC is. So the OVC is extremely tough. And by the way, that game against Eastern Illinois was the John Merritt Classic. Uh, the Eagles rarely lose the John Merritt Classic. Uh, so that, you know, that stings, and they typically don't play an OVC team during the John Merritt Classic. So that stings in of itself, and then to lose in double overtime to Eastern Illinois really stings because now it puts you at 0-2 in, uh, in conference play. Um, I, I think that we thought that this offense was going to be very, very good, uh, getting Treon Harris coming in, the former Florida transfer now with the program. I mean, his numbers have been probably, probably I would say, not as spectacular as we thought they would have been. I certainly thought this was going to be a high-powered off, high offense. We saw on last year that they were able to get the running game going. They've had pretty good quarterbacks over the last couple of years. And then, um, to me, Patrick Smith, the wide receiver, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but this offense just hasn't, for whatever reason, had it to click, really, even in the wins. It hasn't You know, they squeaked by Jackson State. You know, a, a good win against Georgia State, but they've sort of been squeaking by. Harris in the ball game, 12 of 17, 119 yards, uh, averaging less than 9.9 yards um, per completion, no touchdowns, and one interception in the game. He also, you know, he's a threat to run, so he did a pretty good job of running the football, 11 carries for 67 yards. But, again, this offense is just not hitting on the cylinders that I think I thought and, uh, and perhaps a lot of people thought that it would this year. And so uh, I tell you what, Tennessee State's going to have to get it going. I mean, they're, they're not, they don't have the luxury really of losing any more games this season um, if they want to have any chance of possibly challenging for the OVC crown. And then if not, then maybe an at-large berth. I mean, I look at the numbers of Harris on the season so far. He's completed 56% of his passes, 671 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Probably not the numbers that I think a lot of people thought that they would see, although he's doing pretty good in terms of rushing the football, 311 yards rushing, 6.1 yards per carry, and three touchdowns. So um, I, I tell you what, Tennessee State's going to have to Try to get things right, get that right, that that ship righted uh, there in Nashville. I know Rod Reed is going to be able to make that happen. They got Eastern Kentucky this week. They're on the road uh, in Richmond, Kentucky. So we'll see how that game plays out for Tennessee State. Um, you know, I like the way. I'll tell you what. Another takeaway: Prairie View A and M defeats Jackson State thirty-eight to nine. I really like the way. It's not so much from that particular game. But Prairie View A&M is going to be a dangerous football team, I think, this year. Um, I think that we will see an upset 
this week or a bit of an upset, I will say, in the State Fair Classic in Dallas between Prairie View A&M and Grambling State. Um, Grambling is is winning. There's there's no question about that. But, you know, I thought maybe we'd see them doing it a little bit better. I was surprised, not that they lost to Tulane, but I was surprised that, you know, they, they it, it wasn't a closer game. Now, since that loss, I mean, they've, you know, they've won all their games, so they're on a bit of a roll. But I really like the way that Prairie View A&M is playing, both offensively and defensively. We've seen high-scoring affairs in the State Fair Classic, but I think that this time around, um, I like Prairie View A&M over Grambling State in this game. Southern is struggling a little bit. Um, you know, Austin Howard, is he completely healthy? I mean, he had to sit out the second half in their victory over Fort Valley State. So I think it presents one of my takeaways is that Prairie View A&M played well against Jackson State. They're playing well right now. And I think they're going to beat Grambling this year. And I think Prairie View A&M has a real, real chance to challenge for the Western Division crown on this year. Um, So those are some of my takeaways from week five or week. Well, really week five of the HBCU football season. And as the week progresses, you know, I'm looking at the schedule right now. Man, I got a decision to make. What's going to be the Boxster Row National Game of the Week? Is it going to be the State Fair Classic Purview A&M against Grambling? Or is it going to be North Carolina Central at Howard? Still continue to to answer the question. I think Howard is serious. But, wow, if Howard could win this game, I think they take that next level step. I think they're right there. They win this game against North Carolina Central. They can take that next level step to really being contenders for that MIAC crown. Remember, Howard and North Carolina A&T do not play this year. And I'm not, I mean, Howard's got a, a long way to go. A&T, everybody's got a long way to go. I'm not saying, but we are midway through the season. So you have to kind of start to talk about those things and the games that you have remaining during the course of the season and, and, and how you're going to be able to challenge or what teams are going to be able to challenge for respective conference crown. So that's takeaway Tuesday. And again, uh, we're going to make a decision here on our Baxter Row National Game of the Week. And uh, continue to check out our podcast, BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com. Also, uh, stay on our website for other great things, our National Players of the Week, and then also our media and coaches polls. Talk with you soon.